0: Welcome back to KoreaScape, and we're going to just jump into our second installment of a brand new segment we call Rock Scholar. We all know certain superficial things about Korea, but uh, we've invited self-avowed Korea nerd (laughs) Alex Sigrist (laughs) to dig into the reasons and rationale, the where's, the why for's, the what's happening about uh, all of the basic facts about Korea. You might recognize Alex from our regular Saturday expat intel segment. Alex, welcome back.
1: Thank you, Kurt. It's good to be back. You're making me sound a little bit arrogant. No. (laughs)
0: Self-avowed.
1: You arrogant? Never. Self-avowed. I don't know if he's actually that good.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you know. But Korea Nerd is self deprecating, so it kind of yeah. balances out. Um, you told us last week in excruciatingly nerdy detail about, uh, yellow dust. And here I am a week later, it was very timely suffering from rhinitis and sniffles and, uh, knowing all of the scientific details <laughs> about why I am suffering. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, every week we're going to go into these sort of next level questions. You are going to bring in all of your various disciplines to, uh, kind of help us, uh, get our heads around these topics right
1: yeah a little bit because I, I had a bachelor's in science and then i got my master's in international studies uh, a little bit of business as well so hopefully we can do a variety like a hodgepodge of disciplines and make it a little more interesting
0: superb and we want it to be uh, interactive as well please do send your thoughts responses questions to at careerscape hashtag scholar. we want all of you involved in this conversation so alex what are we talking about today
1: Today we're going to be talking about hygiene, immunity, and the cultural differences that bring about this between Korea and the U.S. and other parts of the world. And it's interesting because when I first – I found one really interesting article and then I thought about the topic and I'm like, this might be kind of – it sounds, from the beginning of it, it sounds kind of, eh. But then I started researching it, and there's so much information, statistics, history on it, that this is actually going to be quite good.
0: There's Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of superficial little differences in hygiene practices. Um, a lot going on out there. Um, for, for one thing, uh, Koreans sneeze different, don't they? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Koreans just sneeze right out into the open, generally speaking.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that has a uh, trajectory rate or projection distance of two meters.
0: Two meters. Yeah, that's yeah. a lovely one. <laughs> yeah, on the bus and the subway. There have been some PSAs out there saying, hey, Koreans, sneeze into your arm. Uh, or A lot of Americans and a lot of Europeans sneeze directly into their hands.
1: Which and is also bad. That it's, is also bad because uh, yeah. you're
0: going to shake hands and touch things. Um, but, you know, it's just custom.
1: Into your shirt sleeve is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, or bring along if some tissues ha- unless, if you if you don't have a tissue.
0: Okay, where do you want to go with this?
1: Well... Uh, we're going to start kind of just by going into the thought experiment right away. Um, so there is an interesting article, and we'll get to it in a bit. And somewhat related to our thought experiment, but this thought experiment is going to be more of a um, kind of a little quiz. See if our listeners know a little bit about histories. Hmm. So let's lead into it with our thought experiment this week. I want you, Kurt, and our listeners to imagine this. It's the 14th century, and we're back in Europe. The Black Death is upon us. Between 1347 and 1352, the population of Europe drops from 75 million to 50 million. But there's one group of people that seems relatively unaffected by this disease. Relatively. Not immune, but doing better than the rest of Europe. The Jewish people had a lower mortality rate than other groups in Europe at that time. So to everyone out there listening right now, use your imagination. What made this group of people from Israel different from others? What was it that saved them from the catastrophic losses in population? And now let's
0: come back. Alex, you always start these Mondays on such a cheerful note. Uh, today I'd like to talk about the Black Death. You know? Yes.
1: <clears throat> well, we've, we've come such a long way since the Black Death. Uh, this was, you know, about 400, 500 years before we even knew what bacteria
0: was. There's a little hint. So 75 million to 50 million people just uh, dropping like flies. But apparently the Jewish people had some, something of uh, an advantage. Yeah, any guesses? Well, uh, the main thing that distinguishes Jews from others uh, is would be their kosher diet, I would think.
1: Oh, very good guess. Uh, this one was a little bit more related to, as we're going to talk about, cultural differences that led to different hygiene. And back then they didn't know about bacteria, so they didn't know you had to wash your hands a certain way. But some of their religious practices will be mm. one of the reasons, and we'll get into that in a little bit.
0: Very cool. All right, so— um Here in Korea, before we find out the reveal on why uh, many Jews evaded the Black Blade, I guess we're talking about uh, some differences in Korean cultural practices.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, And especially how these differences will affect our immune system. And what are the peculiarities of Korean culture versus, of course, we can talk about U.S. culture a little bit, that affect your immunity. So why don't we start off with an interesting... What would you think... This, this is This is what got me into. This. this is the article I found that really got me into it. What do you think is the simplest thing that we do differently from in America versus Korea that leads to much
0: different hygiene Koreans don 't casually shake hands nearly as much yeah. as uh, westerners
1: absolutely yeah. and it's it just it was something that was so simple when i thought when I found the article, it just kind of blew my mind so Let's start with that. Uh, we'll get into some stats. Like, for example, studies show that up to 80% of people retain strands of disease-causing bacteria after washing their hands. Mm. And so when you go in for that handshake, you're sharing more than just confidence with the other person. <laughs> yeah. Okay? But there's an interesting article about it. There's science on it. And I just got to read you the title of the article because this, this is amazing. Cool. Uh, this was submitted by Dr. Tom McClellan of, the West Virginia, of West Virginia University to the Journal of Hospital Infection. December 2013. The title is Reducing Pathogen Transmission in a Hospital Setting Handshake versus Fist Bump, a pilot study.
0: So, this respected pathologist is uh, suggesting the world convert to fist bumps.
1: He's suggesting that is a much better way of kind of continuing some of culture in the West of being able, you know, the, uh, physical contact is a way to confer some sort of confidence in another person mm-hmm. or trust. But yeah, the handshake uh, was not something he was recommending in this one at all. Okay. Uh, he there's a quote from the article. We've determined that implementing the fist bump in a healthcare setting may further reduce bacterial transmission between healthcare providers by reducing contact time and total surface area exposed when compared with the standard. Handshake.
0: Yeah. President G. W. Bush used to have a uh, a person behind him with a thing of sanitizer. And so every time he would shake hands, <laughs> he'd turn around and the guy would squirt a little in his hand. So that that's a second option for you, which is hire a full-time staff member to carry around your sanitizer behind you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For those out there that can do that and just to be clear the uh european latin american hello kisses uh that that's that's even worse that's
0: a bigger no-no isn't it
1: yeah that's definitely not something and those are double-sided those
0: are both cheeks you know
1: (laughs) yeah i wonder about the statistics if you only kiss one side are you okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: so um well listen but i shake hands all the time but what if i say hey i wash my hands
1: oh well let's get into that we're gonna talk a little bit about Bathroom hygiene and uh, washing your hands after the bathroom.
0: Enjoy your breakfast, folks.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and make this as uh, <laughs> breakfast-friendly as possible <laughs> okay. for everyone. So let's talk about some obvious ones. And again, going back to culture, uh, let's say the squatter versus the regular toilet. The, the throne sitter, the versus throne, the,
0: yeah, okay. the royal throne. The porcelain
1: now, throne. This one's going to surprise a lot of people because uh, a lot of people think that you know squatter means less surface contact. So clearly, it's going to be much, much healthier than the throne. But actually, when they did studies on it, they didn't find that there was actually much of a difference, um, especially because the throne doesn't actually continue to hold on to this bacteria for a long time. It's a dry surface. So most of the disease-causing organisms do not last very long. Ah. Yeah, it would have to enter your body through, like, a cut. like And even then, yeah, like it would have to be an opening. So you're actually quite safe... Uh, there's an interesting myth that people have. A lot of people claim that you can pass certain STDs by using the same toilet as someone who had that. But apparently this is false. Abigail Gail Sawyers, a Ph.D., president of the American Society for Microbiology, just straight up said, to my knowledge, no one has ever acquired an STD on the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, it's just so simple. I think she was kind of like, surprised that people keep thinking, that, like, no, it's no.
0: That would have to be, yeah, an no. amazingly <laughs> contrived set of circumstances for you to get an STD from the right. toilet seat. So I, so I trust her when she says that.
1: So there's like, the myth that we can talk about right away. Like, we don't have to worry about the public bathroom there. Yeah. Let's go with there. And one more interesting one we found was talking about another difference, which is more about America. Americans don't use this as much, the bidet. Is the not bidet. as common the yeah. bidet.
0: I still have no idea how to use those. Really. I, it I scares mean, me, It and scares that's me so I, bad. I, I, you know, is that a bird bath or what is that?
1: I'm just afraid the whole place is going to get like soaked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs>
0: Although Koreans do have an affinity for these sort of space age um, uh, toilets with uh, a control panel that looks like the Starship Enterprise, right?
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. And like, can, even if yeah. the flush buttons are like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and there are, I don't even know where the flush button is, and there are these illustrative, uh, <laughs> you know, illustrations on there that suggest yeah. what's going to happen, mm. but I, I don't uh, necessarily test them out.
1: Well, apparently we should learn something about this. In October 2005, the journal titled Gerontologist came out and said, they, they did a trial on older people and and. Um, for those who used the bidet and those who didn't, and it turns out that the bacterial content of their urine uh, decreased for the experimental group that was using a bidet. So it's actually much much cleaner. Um, I, I'm trying to think. How can I say this with a in the morning? It, it, basically, basically think of it in a friendly kind of way. way. Uh, you you played sports or go hiking, right? Sure. When you come in, do you wash your hands with a paper towel?
0: I know, no, no, I don't. Okay,
1: there's your uh, comparison right there. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> use your hands. Wa- you're yeah, washing okay. your hand with the other hand, water. which is water. Yeah. Just right. use water. Use water. Use so hot it's surprising, water. and it's actually much, much, much better for the environment. Americans apparently use 34 million rolls of toilet paper a day. We have a ton of facts, but just to kind of skip all these because we don't have as much time. The bidet. If you use a bidet, you're using 75 percent less toilet paper, and what's related to. Immunity is that cancer-causing chemicals like dioxins and furans are produced during the process of bleaching toilet paper. Uh, These chemicals released into the airways, uh, to the air, the waterways, soils, and even the food chain. And exposure to these can actually affect your immune system, let alone other problems that can happen.
0: You're making me fear my toilet paper. Well, they do have
1: other types of toilet paper. You can use non-bleached
0: toilet paper. You know it just, got, yeah, yeah. You know who's got it sussed out? Thailand, man. They've got they? those. They've got little hoses right next to every uh, and that facility. Works. That works. That works. Actually wonderfully. works. Yeah, it's like a little pressure hose, garden hose, as it were.
1: <laughs> so we have a little natural seg here. Now we're kind of walking out from what we now know is relatively clean, and we're going to the sink, and that's kind of you know wash your hands, and you're good, right? Right. Well, not exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) So just a couple stats again, as we always do. The International Journal of Infectious Diseases in January 2005 said that if handwashing were increased, handwashing with soap could save a million lives a year around the world. You have acute respiratory infections, diarrhea, pneumonia, and potato. There's a whole lot of problems that if we spread awareness of it, we would actually save lots of lives. Good. So washing hands, good. Washing hand, good. Yes, (laughs) we're good with that. And then back to the Black Death, 14th century, it was a lot of their religious rituals of cleansing of the hands. Ah.
0: They did it just
1: to clean off the dirt because it's symbolically making their hands clean. But they were able to actually avoid some of the problems caused by the plagues by doing that.
0: How interesting! I, I imagine uh, whatever Muslim minority was there might yeah. have done, had the same sort of knock-on effect, because right, that's right. how they begin a lot of their mm-hmm. r- rituals and going into the mosque and all of that stuff as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's just an interesting way that history. I guess let's call it divine intervention. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. The Lord
0: said, wash thy hands, and it, w- it was good.
1: It was good. Yeah. It worked out very well. All right. Now, this is going to be bad for a lot of people. Uh, let's get into some All gross right. statistics. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you,
0: I knew you were going to destabilize washing hands uh, in some kind of way. What? what, what, what you're going to tell me uh, that washing hands well, not good.
1: Well, let, let's just talk about the people who do wash hands first. Uh, the American Society of My- for Microbiology came out and said 90% of men and women in the U.S. claim to wash their hands, uh, and there was a similar study, National Hand Washing Surveys, done in the uh, Korea, 88% claiming to wash their hands after using a public bathroom. Mm. Yeah, those those are not the actual numbers. No, we're talking 67% in America and um, 29.5% washed hands after using a ba- public bathroom in Korea. Uh,
0: would oo be appropriate? To...
1: Oo would be uh, understatement. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I mean, this is for everyone. I mean, so in, the U.S. isn't much better. I mean, if... don't and you shake hands with someone and they shake hands with someone, we're still spreading it. So it's very important to increase public awareness. And this is where you have to also be aware. Beyond that, the sinks, the faucet handles, door handles are not clean as well. Because of that, 35% or whatever percent does not wash their hands.
2: So Yeah,
1: yeah, and they they give some advice. Um, Some people say that you should take a paper towel to turn off the sink or open the door on your way out. Not always something you can do.
0: The Is the universal wisdom that those little blow dryer things, you know, is is, is better?
1: Yes, actually, uh,
0: yes. It, that is, are those good or bad?
1: Yeah, there are studies out there that say it's much better, uh, and one of the th- – Reasons is you don't touch anything just don't get your hands too close to you actually touch something um, I do you can do a elbow drop on the sink if you want to turn it off that way
0: cool all right we're um, time is starting to catch up with us yeah. and I know you've got uh, yes. something you want to play here so uh, why don't you lead us into that
1: yeah so can we change our habits this is about down to human psychology now Cedar Sinai Medical Center in California was having problems getting their doctors to wash their hands hygiene rate was equally as abysmal and actually not even that good. So let's see how easy it was to get them to change their ways in this Freakonomics podcast entitled, What Do Handwashing and Financial Literacy Have in Common?
2: Michael Langberg is the chief medical officer at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. So there's something in the human condition that somehow disconnects what is really good evidence from personal choice and habit. So what do you do? The doctors are the best-educated people in the hospital, so it wasn't as if they didn't know the danger of carrying around bacteria on their hands. Cedar sinai tried a bunch of ideas that seemed to make sense. They put up signs and sent out emails. They handed out bottles of hand sanitizer. They even awarded $10 Starbucks gift cards to doctors who did wash their hands. But none of this boosted the hand-washing rate. So rather than moving forward... Cedar Sinai took a step backward. And that's when the hospital's chief of staff made a clever and creative decision to take a photo of one of those disgusting bacteria-laden palm prints and turn it into the screensaver on the hospital's computers. The screensaver did its job. The hand washing rate shot up to nearly 100%. But to keep the rate high, Langberg says, Cedar Sinai has to be vigilant has to keep introducing new measures like strategic placement of hand disinfectant. And it's not even enough just to be vigilant. Sometimes you've got to be a little wicked, too. How about a little shaming? That's right. The names of doctors who failed to wash their hands were made public during departmental meetings. The first time it happened, I think subsequently, uh, other people in the room are texting the individual to say, "You know, do you know that your name is up here for having been caught not doing hand hygiene? And these kinds of consequence um, uh, actions have had a really important impact on the way in which physicians are really aware of hand hygiene. It's humbling, isn't it, to think that the best educated people in the hospital need to be tricked and shamed, even frightened into washing their hands. It shows just how hard behavior change can be, whether it's hand-washing or something like learning how to do a better job with your personal finances. We like to think we can flick a switch, make a resolution, maybe take a course, and suddenly we start doing the right thing, the responsible thing. But... It can take all kinds of incentives, all kinds of carrots and sticks to make that happen.
1: Yeah. So basically, I mean, even doctors who are the most well-educated out there about this aren't always good at it. We need, and to help fix it, we need constant reminders, whether yeah. it's public uh, public announcements or anything of the sort.
0: Human behavior is complex. You know, and doctors, they know how bad smoking and all that stuff is, and they still do that.
1: Too. Yeah, absolutely. So shall we...
0: Yeah, Wrap it up. well, we're, we're, time is starting to catch up, but I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, here in Korea, we see in bathrooms all of the time ah. these, uh, soaps mounted on sort of a piece of metal on the good wall. Question. It's like a yeah. soap on a rope, or shall we say, soap <laughs> on a spike. Yes. Um, are those, in terms of hygiene, uh, are those good?
1: Uh, y- uh, yes and no. Um, the no is uh, luckily not that bad, so we'll go into that. Like, yes, they're good because you wash your hands with the soap, but make sure that you're washing for at least 20 seconds. It's more about the action that helps scrape off a lot of the mm-hmm. problems that you have, mm-hmm. and then make sure your hands are fully dry afterwards as well, so that anything that stays on is good. However, remember the MERS scare. MERS. A lot of these soaps are antibacterial. Mm-hmm. MERS is a virus, so we yeah. have to be careful about that because it doesn't always kill viruses. So you know, when during the MERS scare, uh, scare I was more in favor of using my you know, my own antibacterial substance. Yeah. Well, hot water might might help you with Hot water, even, even better. Make sure you wash your hands very well.
0: Okay. A little plug for you. Uh, you also have your own little site called uh, koreanerd.com. Yes. Your blog and stuff like this. You have your uh, uh, hash your. Twitter identity, The Korea Nerd. You can also tweet to you or to Koreascape if you want to talk about any of this stuff we cover in Rock Scholar. Once again, Alex, thank you very much for coming in. It's a pleasure. That brings Rock Scholar and today's edition of Koreascape to a close. We are produced once again by Christina Saw. Welcome back. Associate production by Jamie Lee. Writing by GP1. I'm Kurt Asian. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Koreascape. And make sure to tune in tomorrow at 9 a.m. Did You Know and Why Here? We'll come back to you. We'll see See you then.